when I talk about my cancellation policy, a lot of people say, I would never do that. Or I would never work with a therapist who had a policy like that. And my response is typically something along the lines of, there are so many options for all of us. That's so great that you know what works for you. If someone is just presenting another way to approach a problem, sometimes the best response is just like really neutral or positive. Like, hey, great point. That's such a good idea if you think it's a good idea. Or if it's if you genuinely are like, actually, I think that's a terrible idea. You might be like, that's an option that works for you. Rad. You know, like it's okay that the other person has a different opinion. Hey there, and welcome to The Bad Therapist Show, the podcast for current and aspiring private practice therapists who want to earn more money, work less, and have a way bigger impact. I'm your host, Felicia, The Bad Therapist, former goody-goody therapist turned six-figure private practice owner and therapist business coach. I'm here to help you learn everything you need to know about private practice and expanding beyond the one-to-one model so you can earn more money and increase your impact as a therapist without burning out or hustling. Using my proven liberated business method, therapists at all stages of business have been able to grow their income while becoming even better therapists. And I'm on a mission to help you do the same. It's time for you to get your time back and enjoy being a therapist again. You ready? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to The Bad Therapist Show. I'm your host, Felicia, The Bad Therapist. Last week on the podcast, we talked about marketing your therapy business online. If there's still space for you to market online, if it's already too saturated, and I spent the whole time making an argument for why marketing your therapy business online is still so important. And so if you haven't listened to that yet or you're not convinced, go back, give it another listen. Today, we're going to talk about what's often the next barrier to getting started, which is fear of making mistakes, fear of encountering trolls online, getting publicized critically, or being told that you caused harm. Social media platforms in particular can be really rough, and this can be a really big reason that therapists hesitate to market their practices online. But more and more, this is how clients are seeking therapy. It's a great way to attract clients and build an audience for things outside of therapy, like ebooks or online courses or programs. And I honestly think it just makes sense as a marketing platform for a lot of therapists. So if you want to venture into social media marketing or you're already using it to market your therapy practice, then this episode is for you. Today, I'm going to share what I've learned from my time marketing a business on the internet, plus how to navigate the challenges of social media marketing. Before we get into today's episode, I want to remind you of a fantastic marketing resource. It can be really fun to get excited about the hottest marketing strategy, but if you struggle to stay consistent and you're bouncing from platform to platform, you get overwhelmed or just super disorganized, then you need a simple approach that you can follow through with. My Marketing Strategy Clinic can help you with that, and it's only $25. So you can grab the link to get it in the show notes. And now let's dive into today's episode. First, I want to begin with some context, and ironically, that's what's often missing from an online space. The fact that there is often so little context provided on social media is why it can be such a dumpster fire. Everyone that's on it is vying for really limited attention. It's a super noisy place. And so we want to share our opinions in a way that's 
usually pretty oversimplified so that people will actually pay attention and be able to digest, digest it. And this isn't necessarily wrong, but it can often be a bit of a mismatch, especially if you're talking about mental health topics, which are obviously nuanced and personal and deeply context-specific. If you're trying to talk about these things on a platform that's really geared for things that are not so nuanced, for messaging that is going to be quick and quippy and simple, this can be kind of tricky. And just like the mental health content that we tend to create is oversimplified, so is the feedback that we tend to give each other. So from behind the protection of a screen, we often say things to each other online that we would never say to someone's face. And so our responses to each other can be really unkind. They can be not very generous. And so the whole space is just very intense for that reason. And we've all seen this if we've ever been a part of a therapist Facebook group. Those are notoriously terrible people <laughs> will just rip each other to shreds. And fortunately, that is not how at least one Facebook group for therapists is online, Healing Money, which is my Facebook group. I like to think it's pretty awesome, and I don't allow people to do that to each other. So if you're looking for a place to commune with other therapists online that aren't going to rip you a new one, uh, for asking a question about fee increases or something like that, then come join us. The link to join is in the show notes. So anyway, because we're trying to talk about all these super complex things in really simple to understand ways, and we're doing this from a place of relative protection and anonymity, the internet can be really scary and it can be really easy for people to behave badly at worst uh, or at best just behave in a way that is not very kind or generous. Plus, text just can sound mean. I mean, think about the last time you received a text without an exclamation point and assumed that the other person hated you. Like, I'm being a little silly, but you've probably at least once in your lifetime had that experience before. Plus, everything on Instagram or other social media platforms is super public unless it's a DM. And so if we can feel like we're getting called out in a really public place, and that can be super edgy for us. So that's just a brief explanation for why the internet can feel really tricky. And it doesn't mean that it's not a great way to grow your audience or find people who are going to resonate with you and want to buy what you're offering or other people who are going to resonate with you and want to share their platform or share their audience with you. It just means that you need to know that these are inherent challenges to the internet and you need to have a strategy for handling it. So I'm not saying this to you so you can be like, see, I told you, internet sucks. Social media sucks. Definitely not going to use that. Like you 100%, you don't have to use it for your business. But if you're going to, it's really good to understand that these are just some of the challenges that you will likely face and you can handle it. You just need to have a way through it. And so that's what we're going to be spending the rest of the time here talking about today. So I want to begin by talking about the difference between an insult and a criticism because I handle these two things really, really differently when they happen to me online. So a criticism would be something like, I disagree with what you're saying and I think you should consider XYZ information. An insult would be something like, you're stupid, I hate you, you're a terrible therapist. Or something like, oh, it totally makes sense that you would say that since you actually haven't been in the field for that long. Or you're trash, but at least you got your name right. And these are like literally paraphrases of things that people have said to me on the internet. So 
<laughs> I am proof that you can hear these things and still survive. So if someone is literally just insulting you, I would say just don't engage with that. Nothing good can come from that. I've talked with my partner about this and he's just like, Felicia, don't feed the trolls. Like, don't give it attention. Just leave it alone. So when it comes to the question of like, if I get negative feedback online, do I do I leave it up there if it's like a comment um, or do I delete it? Do I block the person or do I let them keep on following me or have access to my stuff? I would say if it's simply an insult um, and there's there's no like prior relationship with this person or I mean, honestly, even if there is, you'd be fair to do this. I would say you're totally cool to like delete that comment block that person um, because if there's not like something useful that's going to come out of this for yourself, for your audience, for the other people who are looking at your posts, engaging with them, if there's nothing like useful that's going to come out of this then and it's just painful, then I would say you don't need to keep it up there. That's my personal opinion. I'm sure there are people who would have different ones, but that's my take on it. Now, if the response to your marketing falls more into the criticism category, then the first thing I would do is assess what you need before you do anything else. So maybe this criticism or this feedback didn't actually feel that personal. Maybe you weren't really upset. It just kind of rolls off your back. You take this person at their word and you don't really have an emotional response to it. That's awesome. Like, But you should always just kind of check to see if there's anything there first. There's also a chance that you are going to have some feelings about it, that you're going to have a flash of emotion or your heart rate's going to spike or you're going to feel maybe scared or sad or embarrassed. If you're feeling that way, if something like this happens, even if it's like a very valid or interesting criticism, I don't want you to judge yourself for that. Just notice that you're having that response and take a beat. You don't have to make any decisions or do anything right away. First things first, you should take care of yourself, regulate yourself. I would even consider like sleeping on it before you respond or even decide to respond. And one of my friends says, if it's important, it's not urgent. So you 100% can take your time with this. The next thing I would do is talk with your quote unquote trusted counsel. So this is like a term I've been using for a while. And my trusted counsel are people that I respect and love, and they're going to be real with me. So this is super useful when strangers on the internet are ripping you a new one and you, you know, are probably oscillating between feelings of fear, sadness, anger, indignation. One moment you're convinced that that person is totally wrong and out of line. And then next you are so worried that your reputation has been irreversibly ruined and it's actually all your fault. And so because you're in this like heightened emotional state, it can be really, really hard to tell up from down. And so the best thing that you can do is notice that your brain is spinning and it's basically useless to you right now. This is time to ground, regulate, and then take this to your trusted counsel. These people can, you know, be with you through this moment and help you make sense of what actually happened and help you consider different ways to respond. So great people to consider for your trusted counsel would be other therapist friends who are aligned with your values who aren't caught up in their own good therapist conditioning, but who have the same values as you. So like for me, that would be people who have like an anti-racist liberatory stance. If something was going on the internet, if I was out of line, if somebody called me out and it was about something like that, I wouldn't want to go to my friends who like weren't thinking about those things. I would want to go to my friends who are thinking about those things. 
I would also consider like a business coach if you have a business coach or your partner, just like anyone who loves you, sees the best in you, and also isn't afraid to be real with you and be honest with you if you have made a mistake. That is really, really important. I always think about people who seem like they have everyone around them who's just saying yes and how dangerous that can be, honestly. And so Though I'm not likely to turn into an absolute monster, I also want to make sure that I'm always growing whenever there's an opportunity. And so that means that there need to be people around me that can tell me hard truths. And knowing that you have these people to rely on will help you course correct and will give you the confidence to actually show up online. The fact that you have these people there that are kind of like a safeguard, like if all else fails, I call in, I call in reinforcements. I call in my trusted counsel, and I know they're going to help me correct to this. And so when you know that you have that, it can actually help you be more bold, more honest, more authentic online. And when you're all of those things, you're also going to be more effective. You're going to be more attractive to your potential clients. You're going to creating things that have higher value. And so all of this not only gives you the reassurance and ensures that you have what you need if you make a mistake, it also literally improves uh, the work that you're creating online. And that's a really, really cool outcome. So I hope I've made a case for why having a trusted counsel is so important. And I would highly encourage you, if you don't already have one created, and like maybe you do, but you've just never thought of these people in this way. If you don't, I would invite you to reach out to a few people, give them a ring, send them an email, ask them like, hey, I want to be more bold online. I'm going to be doing social media marketing for my therapy practice. I'm freaked out. I'm freaked out that I'm going to get something wrong, say something wrong, cause harm, or that somebody's just going to be mean to me. I don't know. It just seems scary. And like, I need people in my life who I can talk to about this, like, and consult with if things get rough. So go out there, find like, three to five people who can be on your council. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to get everyone together when something like this happens all in one space, but it does mean you will have those people when you need it. And out of three or five people, there's probably going to be at least one person available when you need them. So do that homework ahead of time. Like I said, it's going to make you feel so much more confident actually showing up online. Now I want to share some really common scenarios and some responses that I've used and that I think are skillful. So these are some maybe more common scenarios of what might happen online in terms of getting some negative feedback. So the first main category is criticism that's based on someone misunderstanding or misinterpreting your message. So here's an example. In one Instagram post, I was talking about various groups that have experienced marginalization and someone commented on the post saying something to the effect of the experience of people in group A and the people in group B are not the same. And in this case, I 100% agreed with this person. In fact, I wasn't ever trying to say in this post that like all of these groups of people I'm listing obviously are all having the same experience. Like that was not at all the point of the post. And though there might have been some part of me that wanted to argue with this person and say, that wasn't what I was saying. You totally misunderstood me. Like the fastest thing would be to say like, yeah, I totally agree with you. These two experiences are not the same because that's the truth. That's like the simplest truth is I actually agree with this person. There's no fight here. There's actually there's actually no 
argument. We are in agreement. And so I think this can be one of the fastest things to resolve online. And it is probably one of the most common sort of confusion, uh, conflict things that happens. But if you can kind of set your ego aside and like get over the fact that you've been misunderstood, you can actually solve these issues potentially super, super quickly. Now, there's always a chance that you'll say, I agree with you. And the person might keep on arguing with you and be like, but you said blah, 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 blah. And I think, again, the simplest thing is come back to the truth, setting the ego aside. What is the truth here? As long as you are agreeing with this person, I think the best course of action would just be to continue to reiterate that you agree with this person. That being said, I have never been in like a long multi-comment back and forth with somebody online in an argument. Thank God. Like, (laughs) I, I don't want to be in that, but... Uh, and I think if something like that were to begin to happen at some point, I would just like stop responding. I don't think I'm going to go back and forth with somebody in comments multiple times. I just don't see myself doing that. But anyway, as long as you agree with someone, I would just really stick to that because I think it's one of the best ways to diffuse something like this. And arguing with this person is really only an ego trip. And again, like that is something for you to take care of offline. The part of you that's like, Uh, the thing happened. The thing that I was afraid of happening happened. I don't want to be misunderstood. I sucks so much. Here's the thing. People are going to misunderstand you, like period, not just online, but in your life in general. And you will experience so much more freedom in your life if you stop trying to make sure that everyone understands you all the time. Like if you can release that and be willing to be misunderstood, you're actually going to experience a lot more peace. And that's really going to come into play on the internet because there are going to be some people who don't just misunderstand you, but like want to misunderstand you. They want to misunderstand you so that they can have a fight. If you cut through that, if you can cut through that thing, that, that dynamic that's happening and just say like, hey man, we actually agree here. I have no beef with you. That diffuses the whole thing right there because like what what is what left to say is there like that's it you've resolved it all right here's another scenario that is likely someone reads something or encounters something you create on social media and their response is I would do that differently so this is also another scenario where your response can be super simple different people want to do different things that's not necessarily a problem. I get this a lot when I talk about my cancellation policy. A lot of people say, I would never do that. Or I would never work with a therapist who had a policy like that. And my response is typically something along the lines of, there are so many options for all of us. That's so great that you know what works for you. If someone is just presenting another way to approach a problem, sometimes the best response is just like really neutral or positive. Like, hey, great point. That's such a good idea if you think it's a good idea. Or if it's if you genuinely are like, actually, I think that's a terrible idea. Um, you might be like, that's an option that works for you. Rad. You know, like it's okay that the other person has a different opinion. Once again, the, the ego wants everybody to understand us, wants everybody to agree to agree with us, uh, to think we're a good person, to think we've been really thoughtful, we've, we got the right answer. And that's just it, online with so many different people, such a big audience, that's obviously not going to happen. 
And if you can be willing to have other people present different ideas and not take that personally, not have that mean your idea is bad or wrong, then you're going to experience a lot more peace throughout this process. The third main category of conflict that can happen online is somebody points out that you missed something important or that you caused harm. And this can be maybe one of the worst for therapists, just because like we, I, I can't tell you how many therapists I've I've spoken with when we're talking about social media and they're just like, just what if I say something wrong? Like, what if I get it wrong? What if someone tells me that I harmed them? It's kind of like, this is the online version of the in-person fear that therapists have of like a client telling them that they've abandoned them. You know, it's like we never want our therapy client to say, you abandoned me. We never want someone online to say, you just re-traumatized me. You just harmed me. So I think it's really important to know that you don't actually have to be perfect Uh, or know everything to use online marketing for your therapy practice. You are allowed to miss things or even get something wrong. Taking up space publicly sometimes means that people are going to point out your blind spots. And so if that happens, again, take care of yourself and take some time out before responding. It's going to be really hard to have a skillful response if you're stuck in some shame spiral, which could happen after something like this. You know, you could find yourself in a scenario where where you're feeling really bad about this. That is not the place to publicly respond from. It's it's probably not even in the place to DM a person about. If you received a message like this online and you were feeling really activated, I think what I would respond with is something really neutral like, "Hey, I've gotten your feedback. I'm going to think about this and respond to you in the next few days." You know, something like that. That's like, I've, I've received message received. I'm taking my time with this. But you're not really, you know, you're not forcing yourself to have a full, well-thought-out response in that moment. And even if you're not super activated about this, I think I would still take time with this anyway. I don't think I would respond to something like this really quickly uh, just because you know, I know that when when I feel like I've done something wrong or or even if I don't think I've done something wrong, but somebody else thinks I've done something wrong, I want to fix it as quickly as possible. And even if I don't notice that I'm feeling emotional about it, I know that my desire to quote unquote fix it, to solve it is really, really strong and it's likely to warp my decisions. And so Again, the best course of action is to take my time here. And that's what I would advise for you. It's what I would tell any client of mine. I'd say, let's just slow down. Let's just slow down. Let's take a day with this. You and I are going to talk about this. I want you to talk to your trusted counsel as well. Let's just take a breath. After you've taken some time to sort of clear your head, the next thing you should do is decide what are you going to do about this? Depending on what the criticism was or the blind spot that happened is, it may be a really, really quick fix. It may be something that you see this person's point, you see the mistake you made, and the solution is actually very, very simple. Or it may be the sort of thing that is more systemic. It may be something that you're, you know, you need to go learn about. And so you have to decide, how am I going to do that? Is this something that I'm going to devote my time and energy to? doing and what will that look like? 
And how will that change my content online? Again, you may not have all that information right away, but just saying that some of these solutions are going to be much faster, much simpler, and some of them are going to be pointing out a larger blind spot or something that you want to learn more about and change. That's okay. And it's also okay for that to take time. You know, again, I think we want people to like us. We want to be approved of. And so it could be really tempting to just kind of rush through this and and make a bunch of changes because someone on the internet was upset with you. But again, if this is really important, then it's not urgent and it does deserve your time. Making something in your business different just to please someone, especially someone that you don't have a relationship with online, is not necessarily the best course of action. And ultimately, if you're going to be making changes because you need to educate yourself more around a particular topic or change something that's more systemic in your business, this has to be because you care. It has to be because it's important to you. It won't work well if you're doing it just to get the approval of other people. It'll end up feeling stale. It won't feel authentic. And that's just not going to work in the long run. So again, as tempting as it might be to maybe make a bunch of commitments or an announcement or decide you're changing everything, this should be a really, really well thought out decision. And that may mean that it doesn't happen in the timeline or to the satisfaction of whoever shared their initial criticism. The most important thing I would say is not to try to make them happy really quickly. I would say the most important thing is for you to, if truly they've pointed out a blind spot, if truly they've they've shown you something in your business or in your life that needs to change, the most important thing is for you to do that in a way that is authentic and deep and real and true. That being said, if you fucked up, say sorry. It's that simple. If you fucked up, say sorry. It doesn't have to be more complicated than that. And again, You cannot control how the other person receives your apology, how they receive your intention, your plan for how things are going to change. And that's, I mean, that's one of the hardest things about causing harm in any way, whether it's, you know, in our daily lives with our loved ones messing up or it's something on a very public place like the internet. like We cannot control how people receive our apologies, but again, the best thing that you can do is to own up to it. If you've made a mistake, say like, hey, you're right. I messed up there. I missed this. That wasn't cool. And here's what I'm going to do about it. And I'm sorry for the impact, right? That is really the best you can do. And then go change your behavior, right? Like go go do the thing you said you were going to do so that you cannot do it again. It can be really, really simple. And your lack of perfection doesn't preclude you from taking up space online. No one online is there because they're perfect. No one is there because they've never made a mistake before. They somehow like installed a chip in their brain that will ensure that they'll never make a mistake. Like we are all on the internet showing up imperfectly, taking risks every single time we do anything that we're gonna mess up. And so you don't have to somehow be perfect in order to get to take up space online. You're allowed to do that. But the important thing is for you to have a plan for how you're going to handle things if you do make a mistake or if someone comes after you and is just trying to insult you, right? You need to have a plan for that. And so hopefully 
All of the things I've shared here with you today can help you feel just a little bit more confident, a little bit more brave going online and knowing that you've got this, knowing that you're no one else on there is more special or better than you, that everyone out there is just doing their best. The thing that's honestly going to save you the most trouble, like I said, is just giving yourself permission to not be liked, to not be understood or approved of by everybody. There will be someone someday who just isn't into what you're offering your particular perspective and cares enough to actually tell you about it. And if you're marketing your practice online, one of the most important lessons you will need to learn is how to use your energy wisely. And that doesn't just apply to what you do on social media. You have to decide where you're going to put your energy and where you're not. There will always be people who think and tell you that you should be putting your energy here instead of there. And that's true in our lives in general. We all tend to think that what we care about is the most important thing, but ultimately you have to decide what matters to you and where you're willing to grow and what you're willing to let go of. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope this episode has given you more confidence about how to deal with trolls or criticisms as you navigate online marketing for your therapy practice, especially on social media. And if you want even more support, like I said, head to my website and grab my marketing strategy clinic to get a quick start on marketing that won't overwhelm you or burn you out. Next week is a listener question about how to uphold your late cancellation policy when clients push back or even threaten to leave a bad review. If you have private practice questions for me, I would love to answer them here on the podcast. So get the link in the show notes and submit your own there. And if you love The Bad Therapist Show, please do leave a review and a five-star rating. It makes a huge difference, and I love reading them. Thank you so much, and I'll see you next week. That's all today for The Bad Therapist Show. Thanks so much for hanging with me. I hope you got some gems that you can start using right away in your own business so that you can break out of good therapist conditioning and build the business that you want. If you've gotten something out of this episode, don't keep it to yourself. Share it with one of your good therapist friends who really needs to hear it. And while you're at it, please consider leaving a rating and or review so that we can change not just our individual businesses, but transform the mental health system that got us here in the first place. Thank you so much. I'll see you next week for more private practice and coaching tips. Remember, bad therapists make the best therapists.